Hello. 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 Hi, fuckers. Hi. <laughs> ah. All right. You know what? Cheers. Yes. Cheers to you. Job well done on whatever the fuck, what, whatever you fucking did today. I am so proud of you. So fucking proud. I cleaned the fridge. I cleaned the fridge out today. Um, today was a free pass here. It was today was a free pass day here at our house. Literally, everything was allowed to slide today. <laughs> it was like uh, five five thirty, I think. And my daughter, my older one, uh, she came into my room. And she sat with me in my bed, and she started talking in French. <laughs> she uh, she just spent hours in her room relearning simple French terms. It was fucking hilarious. Wee oui, wee. Oui, I said, "C'est bien." <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> and then and then she looked at me, and she gave me like a head to toe once over with that beautiful judgy face <laughs> and. Uh, like, well, <laughs> I said, yep. <laughs> I looked at the clock. I said, I did it. I did it. The bedtime is in less than three hours. And we managed to get through the day with almost absolutely nothing happening. It wasn't, it wasn't a negative comment. We were just laughing at the reality of it all. Like, I'm... <laughs> I'm a really proud mama to say that we do laugh a lot here. Like, no matter what, we fucking laugh here. We do. So, what else did I do? Um, well, obviously, I went to the woods. That's like a, that's like a, a no-brainer for me. That's like a lifeline for me, nature. I, I started recording a podcast in the woods today, guys. It's like, it's so mind-boggling how being out there makes me feel. It's like I'm on acid, but without the acid. Like my creative mind just like explodes. So yeah, I, I started that today. And um, oh shit. So I watched like, well, half watched. Okay. Not like fully. I wasn't completely into it. An interview um, with an 11 year old girl, she's all over the internet now. You probably, I don't know what her name is. It's an 11 year old girl who turned down a $30 million contract. She's like 11, dropped out of grade five, I think. Or somebody's offering her like $30 million for her business. And like, again, I only half watched it. I actually still do not know what the business was <laughs> or so like, who she is and what she's doing is not the point. That's not the message. I stopped watching when I heard her say this one thing because it hit home, because it resonated, because it coincides with what I'm trying to do to try to raise my kids. Well, the younger two. The older two got a completely different version of this mom. But um, I heard something that made me feel like I was awesome. So that I stopped there. <laughs> Before this 11-year-old one-upped me like by 200. Anyways, she said 
that her her message was when she was like five or some shit like that, her parents asked her, what do you want to be right now? What do you want to do with your life right now? Not what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, can like, can you fuck, like, can you imagine the mind-boggling, like, effect that would have on a child? Well, I mean, obviously, well, fuck, she's literally an example, right? So, <laughs> fuck. Question. On that note, question. What did your parents say that you should be when you grew up? You know those conversations. So, it's like, mine, mine usually came when I was, like, in trouble. Well, actually, what is wrong with my microphone? Actually, I think that's I think that's the only time that I remember my parents discussing my future with me. <laughs> like you should be a lawyer, Jasmine, or a writer when you grow up because both of them tell lies for a living. <laughs> yep. That's my only memory or like whether there are more or not is not the point. It's that's what I remember, right? Sorry, guys. There's like something crazy in the microphone. The kids were in here earlier, anyways. Somebody's touching dials and moving to shit. Anyways, um, yeah, like that's like that's my only memory. When it comes to that, like, again, I just, there could have been more. I just don't remember them. And, and knowing that, and as a parent, this is one of the reasons why I try, and I'm going to emphasize try, I try to be very conscious of what I say to my kids because we have zero control over what shit stays in their head versus what doesn't what they're going to remember I said versus what I actually said, right? So, I don't know. The whole lying jab thing, like, from my parents, that might have been my fault. Like, I did lie a lot. <laughs> once, <laughs> once my dad even dedicated um, Colin James' Why Do You Lie to Me? Like, why do you lie? You know that part? So this is truth. This is literally a true story. One dramatic, very dramatic afternoon of grounding in the Kellestine household. He sat me down at the dining room table and he played that song from start to finish. Just for me. Blaring through the house while he slowly shuffle paced. That's a, that's a real thing. So he shuffled but pacing. So he wasn't like pacing fast, pacing slow. He shuffled back and forth around me with like an extremely obvious expression of utter disappointment on his face. <laughs> so that really happened. And I don't even remember what it was about, which is actually what bothers me the most about this little fucking tale. So <laughs> I was a lying preteen and a teen, shocking and young adult, note to self. 
I got to go back and coin that term and definition shuffle pace. Okay. Anyways, I'm, I'm not sure why the whole lying thing came to me. So honestly, like a talent really, um, I, I believe now that it is a learned survival method for anyone really, like especially kids. It's a fright or flight kind of thing, or is it flight or fright, back or fright? Anyways, that's a real thing. Look it up. It's like a, it's definitely, it's, it's a defense mechanism. Or, I mean, it could just be a selfish side effect of being a teenager or both. Like, I, I believe it is both. Like, I mean, yes, I continue to lie. I didn't stop lying when I grew up. I continued to lie into my adult life for many years, but like not, okay, not in a, like a compulsive mode. I'm not a compulsive liar. I just, I'm just saying that, did I always tell the truth? No, of course I didn't. It's clear now though that I'm thinking about it. I lied in situations for survival mode again. Or for selfish gain. I'm absolutely guilty. I, I can't remember an actual moment when I stopped lying as an adult. But I did. Like, I, I, don't, I don't lie. I don't lie. And I don't know what the switch was. I think it came... I think it came to pass like when I started to really work on myself. Like, trusting myself and believing in myself and... My choices were my choices. I'm owning them, owning those choices and the words that were coming out of my mouth. Yeah, so like I was done people pleasing. That's for fucking sure. Like I know that when I hit that point, it was like I just, I just didn't care. You know, I wasn't making shit up to make other people happy anymore. And I figured out that honestly, like honesty. Like, no matter what is better than a lie, even if it hurts. I really just, I just wanted to live, like, an authentic life. And in order to do that, you have to own your words and own your choices. Right? I got my defense, though, like, to the lying. Like, my parents, like, my dad and my stepmom had zero tolerance for teenage behavior. And I can emphasize that now that I have two young adults myself. Like I've lived through it and man, yeah, I fucked up as a kid for sure. I know that, but I learned what not to do for the most part from my parents. Like, I mean, they were so strict right off the hop that rules and consequences had no effect like zero like the punishment was one and the same no matter what we did so like fuck it he said like we could skip class you know fight with my siblings I'd, it could be not rinsing out my cereal bowl okay i could have stolen a fucking car and it would have all been the same punishment, like death by grounding. <laughs> oh, so what? You say you got grounded, right? No biggie, right? Well, grounding in our house was a tad different than that of our friends. You see, so when you when you got grounded, 
Like, what did that mean for you growing up? Like, as a teenager, when you got grounded, you couldn't go out, right? Like, there was no hanging out with your friends, like, have to miss out on movie night, or you're only allowed to talk to your friends on the phone for the weekend, no sleepovers, and, you know, you're not allowed to watch Disney at 6 p.m. on Sunday. Yeah, well, when we got grounded, it was a little different. We had to sit at the dining table, our dining room table, all day. That doesn't sound too bad, right? Weird, but not bad. Like some people had it way worse. I get that, but but get this. And then try to envision it for me, okay? So we grew up in this very large, beautiful, old century home with this gigantic dining room that connected the living room and the kitchen. It's the heart of the household, you may say. And like this antique dining table smack in the middle. Okay, it was the first thing that you would see when you walk into the house from either the front door or the back door. And there was no way around it to get to any other part of the house. Okay? Table. Sitting there all day. No talking. And there was no sleeping in or going to bed early to avoid the time spent there. It's like 8 to 8 or like... 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Like it was it was a strict timeline. We were only allowed to do homework and they would actually check to make sure that we were doing it and that we weren't trying to draw it out to last longer so that we would actually have something to do. Like there was no drawing, there was no you know, writing or reading just for extra leisure activities and um I think pretty sure we had to ask permission to use the bathroom like to leave the table but again the number one rule while sitting at that table was no talking no one was allowed to talk to you and you couldn't talk to anyone around you there was no acknowledgement permitted while you sat invisible in the heart of the home Invisible, okay? And grounding usually lasted like weeks or months. It was never just a day or two, okay? Invisible, so fucked up. Anyway, so when I say they, I mean my dad and my stepmom. And when I say we, I'm referring to my siblings. And I'm saying stepmom like she's my stepmom. But I mean, we just called her mom. We didn't call her stepmom. And I mean, she raised us from a very young age. It wasn't like, oh, she's my stepmom. I I don't normally term her as my stepmom. Anyways, there's five of us in total kids now, but the youngest being like 10 years younger than I was, was a baby for most of these years. And my younger sister by almost four years, she didn't get much grounding this way either. And the poor thing had to deal with my resentment of that almost half her life. So now the grounding mostly landed with myself and my two brothers, both a year younger than I was. And the boys, they also dealt with a, a beating every now and then too. So, I mean, after being grounded for weeks or months, like I remember my one brother, he was grounded for an entire fucking year once. And another time he was grounded until he wrote out the entire 
dictionary with pencil and paper, like by hand. I have, I have that fucking dictionary. It's here. I, I own it. Anyway, so yeah, so once we've served our time, like once the grounding was done, what, what do you think we did? Do you think we learned a lesson? Fuck sakes. I was talking with a friend just recently and she reminded me of a time, I completely forgot, that said same brother had to ride his bike all the way home. We were we were in a different town. <laughs> he had to ride his bike all the way home because he left a pop can outside in the yard beside a tree. Let's let is let's calculate this bike ride. Okay. Hang on, so I'm gonna get my phone. Just so from town to town, okay. There's a little town called Oakwood to a little village. I think they're both are they towns or villages? Oakwood, village of Oakwood, village of Valencia. Anyways, okay, hang on a second. Okay. So Oakwood to dun 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 to Valencia. Typing this in. Come on, baby. Of course it's not fine. Not found. Of course not. Where is it? He's got some baby king going on in the background there. You are very welcome. Can you hear him? Valencia. Okay, Valencia Road. That's where we lived. Okay. Root. Okay, so 10-minute drive. If you go through Little Britain, hang on. Walking is 2 hours and 12 minutes. It's not giving me an option for anything else. So just, I mean... Okay, so walking was two hours and 12 minutes. Let's cut that in half if he was on a bike, okay? Literally, he had to drive all the way home to put his pop can in the recycle bin. Holy fuck. So, yeah, when the groundings were over, we pushed, like, every goddamn envelope. We ran every light. We broke every rule while we could just in case we ended up grounded again by midnight, which normally happened. (laughs) What was the fucking point of this again? Where was I going with this? Yes. Thinking back, what hopes and aspirations did your parents bestow upon you? I don't really recall um, mine ever encouraging me, like, other than what I've already spoken, like, towards a profession on, like, a positive note, like, you know, encouraging or, you know, inspiring me. So not even, like, when I went to college, I mean, I have zero memory of my parents saying anything about their opinion on what I was doing or learning in high school, in college, or academically anyways. Lots of opinions about my extracurricular activities, though. But that, again, could still be on me, like in my brain. Like, did I care? I don't remember caring, actually, what they thought or said, 
but maybe I didn't care because I thought they didn't care and fuck them if they think that I care what they think. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. There was a period in my young adolescent life that I performed in a lot of plays. I think they liked that part. I think they were proud of that. Proud. Ooh, that's a big one. Fuck, that's a topic and a half. Like, again, one of those memories that seemed to escape me hearing my parents ever tell me that they were proud of me, like, growing up. Like, now as an adult, I've got some stuff going on. But that's, like, in the last five years, right? That's pretty fucked up if you think about how many parents that I have. I've got, like, two sets two sets of split families. Anyways, these days, like, I'm pretty sure it's me. Like, it's something in my brain or subconscious blocking for some strange reason. But, I mean, I cannot recall any of them ever saying, I'm proud of you, Jasmine. You know? Do you remember your parents' wishes for you? Like, in your future? Like, were they wishes or expectations that were set for you or spoken to you, like were they spoken to you with like love or anger, like annoyance, sarcasm? Like, do you remember like like now where where are you? Like, are you living their dream? Are you living your dream? Like, do you have children of your own? Like, have you made your declarations for them, like in love? In anger, in sarcasm, are you turning into your parents? Like, does this thought anger you or make you proud? Or are you bursting out laughing at the thought of it like I do? <laughs> like, do you go into extreme lengths to avoid being like them? Just to, like, turn around and look in the mirror one day and realize that there's no fucking way around <laughs> Me too, kind of. What's my point? Still not sure. Anyways, so it's like... So yeah, empowering your child at such a young age with that flip, like of what do you want to do with your life right now? I love it. But... Like, aren't we still, like, our generation, like me, like, asking ourselves, like, I'm still asking, like, am I still asking myself, Jasmine, what the fuck are you going to do with your life when you grow up? <laughs> nah. I used to say that, but not really anymore. Now it's all about the old trust and hustle. And the hustle is real. <laughs> right, Jay? My buddy, Jay Wilkins. My amazing, talented, kind, human friend, Jay Wilkins. He is the owner of Wilkins Arc. Wilkins, Jesus, Arc. Wilkins Art and Creative Incorporated. And um, he's an incredible artist. And the host of the Art Burrito Podcast. He is actually... One of the main reasons why I'm here right now spewing in your ear. He um, he invited me onto his podcast and 
gosh darn it, we had so much fun that I went back for more. And then we had so much fun again. <laughs> and I loved it so fucking much. Um, yeah, he said, you need to do this. So, so check him out. Check us out on the Art Burrito podcast in between listening to my bullshit. We talk a lot about the hustle. It's so much fun talking to other people on podcasts. <laughs> I'm so, one day, you guys, we'll get there one day. So the trust and hustle. Yeah, so trusting that I am exactly where I need to be today and like, Whatever I decide to focus on that day is what I'm supposed to be working on. And holding like gratitude for what I have, like right, right then and there. Like, what can I do at this moment, at that moment, for that day? Always reflecting on my accomplishments. Like, just trusting that whatever is to be mine is going to be mine, and it will come to me. In time, not destiny when it's time. I'm not saying destiny, I'm saying when it's time. When so when you're on your search or when you're on your your path, your true path, that's when things start connecting and things start happening. You have to start making your decisions to like and to get there you have to start making your decisions based on what makes you happy what sparks you your passions like imagine Alice in Wonderland okay and you know how the path like gets drawn and then it erased on her at times like it's her path it's the course like no okay no wait no 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 let's do the labyrinth <laughs> I love the labyrinth. Okay. I love the symbolism of the labyrinth, like of the maze, like not just the movie. Okay. Which is obviously a tried, tested, and true interpretation of life with puppets and Bowie's bulge. Okay. But one of my favorites, well, actually all of my favorite, like stories and tales of the maze or the labyrinth, actually all my favorite stories, like birth stories, like origin stories, they all come from Native American backgrounds and origins and beginnings. And actually like so all of the stories for fucking everything is indigenous. It all goes back to them. It's like the, it's the beginning for fucking everything. It's magic. Anyways, the maze, the labyrinth, there is the, um, the tale of the man in the maze. I'm sure you're all familiar with that image, right? Man in the maze. If not, you just got your homework. So anyway, so there are many, so there's many interpretations of the man in the maze. And I think, I think it was, I'm pretty sure this one was originally created by the Tahana, um, Tahana, Tahana Otham people and, um, and Native American people of uh, desert. I don't know what deserts in Mexico. Anyways, as far as I have read, there is no like there's no one precise meaning to the man in the maze. And there's many different interpretations that vary from the different families and the different tribes and 
But one of the most common one that I've come across is the maze simply signifies like the difficult journey towards finding the deeper meaning in life. The twists and the turns refer to the struggles and the lessons learned along the way. And there's a human figure at the top of this image, and it obviously represents the um, the Aotham people. But at the center of the maze is a circle, which stands either for death or, which death equals birth, or for the, the ultimate realization of identity and for eternity and for becoming one with their creator. Um, so yeah, again, you've got the movie, The Labyrinth. Okay, you got Jen, Jen Connolly or Sarah is her character in the movie, but I'm just, I'll just refer to her as Jen. Cause like, I like to pretend that we're friends in real life. Anyways, um, let's read the overview of the film in case there are some people listening who heavens for fucking bit have never seen the movie. And actually, you know what? If that's the case, you guys turn me off right now. Go watch it. Time much better soon. What the fuck is wrong with you if you have not seen that movie? Okay. Um, the Labyrinth. 1986, you guys. Oh, my God. Is a musical fantasy film directed by Jim Hansen, God, George Lucas, God, as executive producer, based upon conceptual designs by Brian Froud. Another just. The story revolves around 16 year old Sarah Jen's quest to reach the center of an enormous otherworldly maze to rescue her infant brother, Toby, whom Sarah wished away to Jareth, the Goblin King, David Bowie's bulge. Most of the film's significant characters, apart from Bowie's bulge and Connolly, are played by puppets produced by Jim Henson's Creature Shop. Okay, so Toby obviously was thrown in there just for the sake of giving her a reason to go through the labyrinth, but... Because obviously no 16-year-old is going to want to go on a journey of self. That's a reality. Um, So yeah, but okay. So now let's talk relevance, Jasmine. Relevance, focus, people, focus. Okay, in the beginning, she was like overthinking things, right? Trying to get through this maze. Overthinking, forcing, forcing her journey and her success to get to the center of the maze, but nothing was going her way. And then she got so frustrated and she just said, fuck it. And then she found that she had to start believing. And once she started trusting herself and her decisions that she was making versus like imposing her opinions and to force trusting, not forcing things started to go right for her. Right. And as she's spinning and and feeling like things are out of her control again. And she just doesn't understand why. Why is she here? And why in the how in the fuck did she get so lost? Why did she take the wrong turn? And why did she choose the wrong? What is the universe? Why is the universe doing to her, right? Why is she so lost in this maze? She thought she was doing good. Then she meets Ludo. And then she gets hooked up with, with you know, Hoggle. Enter reason she was pushed off the path 
reasons she took the wrong turn. They're the reasons. Meeting a soulmate, meeting a friend. And then life becomes bearable, even in the bad times and through their journey because she has a friend by her side. So just like life, though, okay, then... So then she keeps going and she's got these friends and things are going okay. But then something just everything's something, something's got to go fucking sideways, right? No matter what. And then you end up in the internal bog of stench. Anyways, end of the story. Okay, so bottom to the labyrinth. Okay, let's just do a Cole's Notes, Jasmine. Um, The labyrinth is predictably unpredictable, right? And having any other expectation was only causing more frustration and stress on the journey. And once she realized, once she released the control, everything started to flow and she hustled her way to the center of the labyrinth. Except that like the eating the sleepy peach part with Bowie's bulge ballroom dancing bit and it <laughs> so but but the hustle it, it it took her on all these side roads and every time she fell behind or she or felt like she lost her way there was a light there was a new lesson learned or a friend gained and she grew and she changed and by the time she got to the center of the labyrinth her center she was totally different person, like a stronger version of herself. And it had always been there. She just had to go through life, through the turns and the bends to find it. I see Ruby slippers kicking, like clicking three fucking times. Wrong movie. But so at the center, and just when she thought that she was done, that she had made it, she was challenged. So remember the speech at the end between Jen and Bowie and he's dangling his bulge and he wants her to drink the Kool-Aid like for the simple price of self, giving up the self that she had become, go back to the person that she was before. It could just, it could all be so easy, he says. And he is a mind fuck. He is the conditioning of all her hopes and dreams, the ruler on high, right? As long as she does or we do and you know give in to what he says all our dreams will come true but after her journey of trust and hustle shall we say she comes to the terms with the fact that following and listening to her heart her truth she made the choices that steered her on course and finding her tribe along the way together they made it to the center of the labyrinth and there she learned that she was on the right path. Right now, she didn't need to give in to her fears. See, she knew. She knew that her old self would have felt the pressure at that moment with that challenge in front of her. She would have been worried about his disapproval, about his rejection, about his opinions. Again, he is representing her fears. But instead... She went inside. She felt her peace and she leaned on the trust that she had gained. And when you can do that, when you can find peace in situations, ones where you normally would have felt the stress or the pressure, like attention, that's when you know that you're growing, that you're stronger, that you're on the right fucking path. And Jen, she did that. She knew at that moment that she didn't need to buckle, that she and her tribe 
they could build a world, they could tackle anything, and they could create a life just as beautiful without selling out to Bowie and his giant bulge. You have no power over me. Mic drop. Fear, control, conditioning crumbles. All the fucking upside down stairs are all over the fucking place. And she's brought back to the beginning, back to reality, a restart with a new understanding of self. Can you imagine me on drugs? (laughs) Release control. Trust and hustle. There's always good. There's always a light in the dark. And all you need to do is to put yourself in your life on the right path is to love and trust yourself. The reason people awaken is because they have finally stopped agreeing to things that insult their fucking soul that isn't true to who they are and where they're heading. The Dharma, the Dharma. Dharma rhymes with karma. It is your true calling in life, your purpose. The path to Dharma is sometimes lifelong. I mean, for me, I hope it is. It's the center. It's the circle in the center of the maze for the Athen people. Okay, it's taken years for me to even begin to grasp it. But I'm on the yellow brick road. Making those two movies. Yeah, okay. And the lessons, the lessons, they they propel you forward. The getting knocked the fuck down and getting back up, taking wrong turns, picking the wrong doors in the labyrinth. But now like lessons. So a, a guy recently said to me that he thought that I had trust issues. <laughs> well, it's not an issue. I said it's literally a perception <laughs> that is based on true events things that have actually happened like history states that this is gonna be shit (laughs) like it's I've seen this shit before I've seen these patterns before and fuck that if I'm gonna go through that again it's also like I've experienced things in my life like like true love and happiness that I've been so lucky to have in my life. So especially when it comes to relationships, why the fuck would I settle for something that doesn't come true to that, that doesn't hold a fucking flame for that, that doesn't have that connection? Like someone said, so why are you, why are you single then? You know, you're so amazing. Why are you single? Well, because I'd rather wait for that. The connection, like the true versus go through a bunch of dicks, like literally, just so I wasn't alone. Like it's an insult to my soul to do anything otherwise. Like I'm honoring myself in that way, like honoring yourself that way. Honor. I hate the term bitches be throwing around. I deserve it. Oh my God. I deserve to be treated this way. Do it to honor yourself and nothing more. It's not because you deserve. It's to honor yourself. Don't accept anything less because you're honoring yourself, not because you deserve it. It's it's lessons like that that have brought me to where I am today, my mindset. And I'm still growing and I'm still learning and I'm still moving forward toward my goals with one purpose. 
to eventually meet up with my purpose. Like I make my choices to coincide with my goals. Like what do you want to do with your life today, Jasmine? Like what will put me one day, one step, one move closer to that? And sometimes that doesn't look like fucking anything. Like sometimes it's just being, just being like, like today, like, ah, I clean the fridge. Anyways, I could just try to be who I am every day to follow my gut and my heart as to what I will work on or focus on that day. And when I lead my choices with my gut and my heart, my brain reacts, my brain syncs up and then my doings flow. They're easier. The day is easier because I made the right choice for my focus, the creative or the kids or the responsibility and the chores. Just lead with that. Just be and accomplish a hope and a dream or a thought or an action like right now that you're choosing with your gut or your heart. Like do it right now. Whatever the day holds or the way that you wake up feeling, honor that. Honor thyself in like whatever tone or emotion you're rolling with that day. Good day, awesome. Bad day, fucking let it lead. Just don't let it override. That's the trick. Never dismiss it. Respect it. Let it be heard. Like just be fucking kind and be loving and be fucking gracious, be fucking scared, be respectful, be aware, be fucking mad, be helpful, resilient, be fucking positive, be honest and be fucking real. Jesus. What did I just say? What am I spewing? What am I spewing? Love the hustle. Do it each day to the best of your ability. And by hustle, I mean sense of what? Feeding your passions and feed your true self. Yes, I'm going to say it. You should know what I'm going to say by now. What am I going to say? Say it with me. Feed my svajan. <laughs> Just Feed my soul. Feed my soul. <laughs> Which, strangely enough, is actually very much in a woman's vagina. But we will talk about that another time. Right? Very good. Gold stars for everyone. <laughs> oh, God. A friend. This wonderful, beautiful friend of mine. She was pumping up my tires the other day not my tires, like praising, compliments about my strength and light that I give to others and how incredible I was. Like, and in that moment, I felt it. Like I knew that I had helped, that my words and actions had made a difference, but my brain immediately bounced back to her, like everything that she had done for me. And then my thoughts jumped to another person. And then something that somebody posted this one time that really, truly inspired me. And and then, you know, another one who had done the same for me. And 
I'm grateful, I said to her. And I said, I'm grateful for you. And I'm grateful for others, these people that I choose to surround myself. Like my fucking tribe is the reason I got to keep up. Like it's, (laughs) I'm surrounded by warriors. Are you? Are you fucking surrounded by warriors? You should be, is all I'm saying. Is people I know who are literally going through things, like fucking have gone through things daily or overcoming them, and they get the fuck up every day. And they are kind and they hustle, and adversity just literally radiates from their bodies. Like they are my inspiration. God, I love that fucking word. Adversity. I love it. I circle back to what I mean when I say to be a fucking warrior. Like, does that mean that we as humans are not like never allowed to have a bad day or be in a bad? No, it's the exact opposite. It's what we do with ourselves and with that shit when it happens that makes us the warriors. Like, feel that shit. Rage and cry and vent it out. And I mean, if you have the ability to deal with it on your own, do it. If you need help, ask for it. Just try not to take it out on others, right? Like, breathe. Like, the acknowledgement of your feelings. Like, give yourself permission to feel. That is a huge fucking step in not projecting those feelings onto other people in that moment, right? Just... You know what? Just when you're having a bad day, be grateful that you're having a bad fucking day. And remember the fact that you have survived 100% of everything that you didn't think that you would. Or else you wouldn't be standing there having a bad fucking day, right? Try to hold that perspective. I try I call them wake-up calls. Right? Like, yeah, this is a this is fucking shitty. No, this is not fucking fair. But remember that there are people in life dealing with shit that doesn't actually come with the option of getting through it. There are people not standing today that were yesterday or this morning or an hour ago. You are. You have been given this opportunity to see the lesson, to feel the hurt, to be mad, to have a bad day, to feel your heart breaking means you're alive. And if that's not enough fucking perspective for you, Jesus. Guys, I am grateful. I love you. Talk soon.